Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Shanti, the time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate, but even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion. 
nationality or even a language. Ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? The Supreme Soul would think of you and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free, peaceful, pure, immortal, eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. At this time, to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. That was Letting Go from Inclusion Revolution Together with Love, an album I produced shortly after the election, and I'm beginning to feel how valuable and pertinent the meditations on that album actually are for us during the COVID crisis. Are you okay? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're hanging in there. I know that even those of us who have been making spiritual efforts tend to also kind of have a great concern about what's happening presently and what it means tomorrow. But I do want to recommend the possibility that maybe this is our chance to really work deeper and higher, to stop all the bickering, the fighting, the competing, the greed, the jealousy, all those little things that have taken away so much of the soul's power. It's an opportunity. There was an article in Politico that actually shared the environment is getting stronger as a result of us not tampering with it all the time. Interesting, isn't it? Millions of people around the world are staying home. Well, I can now add over a billion because India has a lockdown. I continue to praise Prime Minister Modi, who called upon all the sages and saints and religious leaders of India to do a global telecast in the country about what is needed, what would they recommend the citizens of India should do to not only cope with the crisis, but what happens afterwards. What a beautiful form of leadership, wouldn't you say? So when you look at those examples of leadership, you know, you do maintain your hope during these times. 
and when you look at leadership that might not seem to care as much for the people but care for the dollar, then it makes you question. But then, is that you too? Are you caring more about the economy of things versus your emotional, mental, spiritual state of things? It's a huge opportunity for us, folks. It is a huge opportunity for us. I hope you've been tuning in to our daily 6.30 to 7.30 EDT for the Meditation Museum. As you know, I've had to close the med- all of our meditation museums in the Washington metropolitan area. It's been over a month now they've been closed, and my heart has been feeling like I can't just abandon the community. So since we've been closed, the next day we have been offering 4 o'clock in the morning meditations which are for our students, 6.15 for our students and main staff members, and then 6.30 to 7.30 for the evening. We did a session recently on karma, on the voice of Om, the healing power of Om. We've had Bishop Carlton Pearson to share on faith over fear. We've had Louis Gossett Jr., who also shared about what was so important about these times, and we'll be having a lot more friends on in the evening to really help to keep us inspired and um, elevated. We need to be around good energy and good vibrational frequencies right now. And talking about that, my special guest today is Kobe Kozlowski. She's a leader in the revolution of inspired living and action. She's a speaker, life coach, trainer, yoga, meditation instructor, educator, and author of One Degree Revolution, How the Wisdom of Yoga inspires small shifts that lead to big changes. Kobe is a faculty member of the Kripalu School of Yoga and has been featured on the cover of Yoga Journal and Mantra Yoga Plus Health and was named one of the seven yoga teachers who have changed the practice of yoga. She's the founder of Karma Yoga Leadership Intensive, a one-degree revolution, Soul Luna Life Coach Certification, and the Evolutionary Program Quarter Life Calling, Creating an Extraordinary Life in Your Twins. Today we welcome Kobe Kozlowski to America Meditating Radio. Kobe, Om Shanti. Hello. <laughs> nice to have you. Nice to be here. Thank you. How beautiful. What a great way to start the day. Yeah. It's my wish that everyone starts their day like that. They'll have a lot more current by the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Really, really beautiful. Thank you. How are you spending your time staying at home? What are you doing? You know, my life, I feel very fortunate. I think many of us are having a different experience, obviously, of what's going on in the world right now. I feel really blessed in some ways that my life really isn't that different. I'm home with my family. So in some ways, it's just been extra time with my family, which has been really precious. And I know that not everyone's having that same experience. So I know that it's a privilege, really, to to really be in this time of using this as a time to go in to really what you were just saying, like an opportunity to get really curious of like, okay, what's wanting its attention right now in myself and how can I, how can I use this time to go deeper and higher, like you said? I really love that. Yeah, I think that's what the COVID-19 is teaching humanity right now. And I sometimes you should see my face when I hear there's price gouging taking place or some leaders just still, you know, sort of ignorant to the severity of this opportunity to make us into better people. And then I have to check myself because I'm here to clean my act up. I'm not here to, you know, spill out my gunk on people because they're spilling their gunk. 
So I'm really hoping that after this, we will come out a better humanity. It is my wish. It is my blessing. It is my dream. And I am seeing some glimmer of hope, but I'm also paused when I look at some of the messaging on tweeters and you know social media, or I just hear people uh, speak to me in different levels. But I have to maintain my hope, and I think that's the best that we can do, right? I think that's it, right? It's like, I mean, I think that's the fascinating thing. It's like how everybody responds to change, to crisis, to, you know, to really sitting in the fire. It's like, okay, what is true and real right now? And so for me, the practice is to watch like, okay, maybe I wouldn't respond like, you know, that person, but what's going on for them? What's getting activated for them? And what it's really doing to me is calling me to a deeper level of empathy. I'm like, okay, like, we all do have different stories and different wounds. And I think people are getting triggered in different ways. And so rather than me reacting, being like, well, why is somebody doing that? It's like, can I hold the bigger container of like, may this, may they work through whatever pain and suffering that they're going through right now. Right. Rather than me judging somebody else's reaction to chaos or to change. No, in a way, your book is really wonderful for people to take this time to read because it can elevate them and on many levels. Can we talk about the One Degree Revolution and actually how you came up with that? Like, where were you inside when that idea mm. of a One Degree Revolution emerged in your consciousness? You know, I don't know if there was this, like, one moment. For me, it's been this journey. I've always as long as I can remember, been deeply interested in human potential and really what is truth. Like I can remember for as long as I have been journaling or inquiring of just like being in this question of like, what is truth? And so I've just been a lifelong learner of diving into the inquiry of truth, truth, truth. Like what is this truth? What does it mean to be true? Is there an ultimate truth? So just through my years of self-inquiry, diving into different ways of understanding the human condition, of what is beyond what we can see, you know, I created a program where it really was like, how do we take these contemplative practices, not as a way to find, as me saying, like, here's the answer, but rather, hey, here are these doorways that we can go in to start unpacking what what is truth, what is reality, what does it mean to be our highest self, whatever that, you know, means to each and every one of us. And so through the years, I, you know, created a curriculum of, doorways in to to unpack our own truth and to keep going and going and going and so what I found over the years is that I think people can get caught up in this like well I need to do everything to transform I need to travel to India I need to give my money away I need to you know all the different practices that are thrown around in the spiritual and wellness world and for me it was like you know transformation really is about checking in first, deeply listening to, you know, what is trying to get my attention? What am I longing for? What do I desire? Asking myself questions like, where am I committing a crime against wisdom? And what am I prepared to do about those things? And then really thinking about, well, how do, yeah. Hold on a second. You just said something that I'm not quite sure if you actually heard yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I love those moments. (laughs) You know, you were checking, what's my crime against wisdom? Elaborate on that Mm. one line. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, for me, that's one of my favorite questions to ask myself is, 
and to ask others, right? It's that sense of what do we know at the core of our being would serve us to our greatest potential, to truth, to being connected, whatever it might be that we're aiming for. And it's like where, what are we doing that is going against what we know would, would serve us, right? And it could be something as simple as spending much, too much time on social media right now, right? I think many of us have been plugged in because we've been, you know, taken away from our normal uh, routine. And I would say, for me, the crime against wisdom is I need to actually unplug so I can actually plug in, right? So to me, the crime against wisdom that I've been creating in the last week is too much time on social media, too much time, like, getting caught up in the noise. And so the question is, okay, what's a small one-degree shift that I can make to go into a a greater level of truth. And so the, a, a very small, simplistic thing I could do is say, okay, I'm making a commitment of I'm only going to spend 15 minutes a day online or whatever it might be, right? And so that's like a really small thing. But then we can look to, I think these small questions and these small inquiries and these small shifts lead us into the bigger where else am I committing a crime against wisdom? Where am I not doing the work to show up as my most authentic, empowered self? And I think that this time period, again, I know that there's a lot of people that are suffering, that are hurt, that are dying, and I certainly don't wish that for anybody. At the same time, I think it is a precious time for us to ask ourselves, what are all the different crimes against wisdom that I'm creating, whether it's in my relationships, whether it's in my job, whether it's in my relationship with the environment, whether it's how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, what I feed myself, both physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, right? And starting to check in. And and that's really what the intention of the book was, is just, hey, I don't have the answers for you. I don't know that anyone has the answer for you, but here are some inquiries that you might want to start asking yourself or I want to ask myself so I can keep living in a greater truth. And I think the more that we live in truth, the more that we can be with, with life itself as it changes, right? Like life is change. So can I be with the changing world? Right. So one of the things that, you know, your tagline in the book is how the wisdom of yoga inspires small shifts that lead to big changes. What was your small shift that led to a big change in your life? So many. Don't you love those? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. you know, it, it's whether it was quitting a job or challenging myself to really, without getting too specific because it's probably too long for the time that we have, but just really shaking up my life in a way that, I had been called to drastically change my life and it didn't make any logical sense. I actually read this sutra from the Radiant Sutras, which is one of my favorite texts on meditation from my teacher, Lauren Roche. And I read this particular sutra and when I read it, it was this invitation to say, everything that makes sense in my life right now, I need to change. I need to go in a totally different direction and I don't know why, but there's a line in this particular sutra that says, once you know the way, the nature of attention will call you to return again and again and again and be saturated with knowing, I belong here. I'm at home here. Answer that call. And so for me, there was just this calling of I needed to go into the unknown. I needed to let go of what I thought was true 
for the sake right. of a deeper relationship with truth, which actually led me into a world of a lot of sadness and heartbreak and pain and loss and confusion. But in that, on the other side of that, it led me to greater freedom, to greater ability to – oh, go ahead. No, isn't that true for all of us that, yeah. you know, I've been there where I was so sure of something and then I gain a moment of realization and everything that was true just falls to the wayside because that moment of realization shifted everything that I've understood. And it almost feels like that's the way we should be living, that we should be having these moments of realization that are moving us to becoming an embodiment of truth. You know, they always say the truth will set you free. So the more truth the soul experiences and reclaims, then you're a free person on the planet and nothing can hold you back. Nothing anyone says, does, didn't do, should have done for you becomes your issue. And I like that. I like that your path in this incarnation has been really the search for complete truth so that perhaps that's what your aim is, that I'm here to be free, not to be in a bondage. Let's go to your TED Talk. You refer to the octopus on the face. <laughs> right. That's when, I have a, that's when I have a lot of pimples, I'm having a rough day, I really need to sleep. But what's your <laughs> definition of an octopus on the face? <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Um... It's the it's our blind spot, right? It's the thing that is stuck on us that is keeping us stuck in our own imprisonment. And it's often the thing that if we can become aware of, it can start to bring us to greater truth, right? To bring us to greater freedom can actually allow us to savor the precious gift of life, why we have it. And every single one of us, has a blind spot, right? It's this thing that I just can't see. And usually that thing that we can't see is keeping us stuck in the riptide of our own life. It's holding us back from being able to say like, wow, like I can feel all the feelings of life. I can be with the movement of life. I can be with change itself. I can be with love, joy, fear, terror. And, you know, to me, that is part of the work of freedom, of finding this freedom from the inside out is to start to be in the inquiry of, what are my blind spots? And in that, we need community and we need sacred community. And it's not just, you know, it's so interesting. And I don't know what your experience is, but like the online world of everyone has an opinion. And for me, it's, it's, it's something to pay attention to. It's like, you know, what if everything everybody said to me was true? And what if none of it was true? And what if some of it was true? It's like, how can I live into this place of if I'm interested in truth, and everyone has their projection or their idea or how they're seeing life through their particular lens. But at the same time, like what if there was some value in other people's, how they saw me or my blind spots. But at the same time, I also want to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people that I inspire to be more like, or I can learn something from. And so to me, the power of a sacred community is really to be in the company of people that love you and you love them. And it's like, Hey, I love you enough to let you know that you have this octopus on your face that you might not be aware of that's keeping you imprisoned, that's keeping you stuck. And I want to be of service to you. And that's one of the most important practices to me. And I think, you know, if we could use this time, this pause that we're experiencing right now to really be in conversation around our blind spots for the sake of growth, what a precious way that we could be using this time. 
Mm-hmm. So would you call the blind spot our masks? You know, I think we all have masks. I think, you know, that's part of our personality. And I often talk about the difference between, like, who am I versus who am I really? And I think that there are masks that are part of our personality, our persona, that are useful, that help us get through the day. But, yeah, I think there are some masks that are not helpful, that are we're blind to, right? Because I, I can be aware that I have, sometimes I have the persona or the mask of being the funny one, or sometimes I have the mask or the persona of being the facilitator, right? Like there's these different masks. Like in that meditation you started with, it's like, who are you beyond your name, beyond your gender, beyond your identity? Those to me are some of the masks that we wear, and I don't think that they're all necessary, necessarily blind spots right? Because it's like, I'm aware of these things. I'm aware that sometimes I put the mask or the persona on of, of all those different aspects of myself. To me, it's more the ones that I'm unaware of. It's the mask that I don't realize I'm putting on. Right. Let's go on to the whole aspect of yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. You talk about living yoga, but not doing yoga. What does that actually mean? And how does leadership relate to yoga? Mm. So just to be clear, I do think that people would benefit from doing asana-based yoga. Um, It's just not, you know, it's not the only thing that I think is important or valuable. And there are, depending on who you ask, so many different definitions of yoga. We can just look into the Sanskrit dictionary and we can see a handful of different definitions. And so to me, living yoga is how do we skillfully participate and engage with the movement of life, right? Like what does it mean to engage skillfully. And so when I think about leadership, I don't think about leadership as a job. I think about it as who are you every moment of every breath of every second of every day and how are you engaging with whatever life, whatever wave is presenting you. And so to me, this is an inquiry that never ends because what is skillful today might be different than what's skillful tomorrow, right? So again, we're in this experience of this pandemic and it's like, okay, what is needed right now is very different than what was needed a month ago, well, on some levels. So to me, it's, it's, it's constantly staying open, staying curious, being in a state of wonder of, okay, what's skillful now and what's my best guess, right? Because, again, I come from a place that yoga is a path that provides zero answers but infinite inquiries and experiments. So what's my best guess of what would be skillful right now? And what do I care enough about that if yoga gets translated in its most common translation is union or yoke, what do I care enough about that I want to yoke myself to that thing? I want to bind myself to that thing. And what is the work that I need to do to see beyond fear, fantasy, and distortion so I can act from a place of a greater truth rather than acting from like frenetic, like, oh my God, I need to get this done versus can I pause long enough to deeply listen what is actually trying to get my attention? How can I engage with that? How can I act from that place? How can I be in service from that place for the sake of our greatest potential, what we're evolving into, right? Because we're constantly in this blossoming. And so for me, living yoga is really for everybody, regardless if anyone's ever taken a yoga class or not. And that's why I wrote, I tried to write the book in a way that it's accessible to everybody, that anyone reading it could be like, oh, I can dive into this experiment. I can dive into this doorway and let me get more curious about how I want to serve, how I want to show up. And that doesn't mean 
you know, that we can all be of service, right? And sometimes it's just smiling at someone can be of service. And sometimes it means starting a nonprofit and trying to end sex trafficking, right? Like there's this wide range of what does service mean and, and we all can serve in some way. You know, listening to you, um, definitely you've gone through your journey, you're living your life fully. I detect like there's no sense of like, oh, you know, I'm just going to keep myself optimistic, keep pushing through, keep searching for my truth in the midst of all of this. Have you ever had moments where you kind of really wonder, like, you know, what is everything all about? Like, just, <laughs> Yeah, every you know, day. <laughs> no, you know, like, you know, no, you know what, yeah. because in your book, you discuss the power of pause. And in yeah. our spiritual community, we practice pausing every hour on the hour, which we call traffic control. So I'd be mm. curious to hear why has it become important for you to mm. have your power of pause? Yeah, it, you know, I, historically speaking, some would say, like, I have been a manifester. Let's go. Let's create. Let's do. Let's, like, time is precious, right? And and I love that part of myself. But then I also recognize, wow, like, what am I missing out on because I haven't slowed it down, right? Like, I'm really good with intensity and creation and, like, all of that. And to me, it was really this, you know, like 10, maybe like 15 years ago, I really went through this, got hit by the cosmic two by four where life was just like, Hey, like there's more, there's more. And the more is not more doing. The more is not more creating. The more is deeper listening. It's slowing down. It's being with It's the deeper, the deepest listening possible. And so for me, it became this deep personal inquiry of like, Hey, maybe I can be of greater service both to myself and to other if I actually stop, like just right. stop and savor yeah. Which is and what I breathe. feel the world needs to do right now. Like I feel yeah. the world is actually being called to just stop, just stop. Yeah, my hope is that, and this is really my hope, and again, everyone's going to do what everyone's going to do because, you know, years ago, 15 years ago, everyone could have told me too, like, hey, Kobe, you might benefit from slowing down, but I wasn't ready for that medicine at that time. People could have said it all day long. And it wasn't until it was its time that I was like, oh, this is what they were talking about. And so my hope is that at some point, whether it's during this kind of global timeout, at some point, I just wish for everybody, be daring to pause, be daring to get comfortable being uncomfortable, just sitting, just being, just breathing, just holding, just cherishing without the need to produce, to do, to move on, to dream. And um, can we, can we be in the space in between, right? Like what is it they say that it's the most beautiful music is made because of the pauses, right? It's just like that, that place in between. The silence between the notes. Yeah. And it's like, I just actually believe that the more quiet we can get, the more we can hear Right. And um, I just think life is knocking and it's always knocking and it's always trying to get our attention. And in the pause, I just think that there is a world of possibilities. I think infinity, eternity lives within that pause. And I think when we have, when we can yoke to that, when we can have a relationship with that part of life, we can trust life more. 
And when we ultimately trust capital T, capital L life, I just think it's just a gift that we can give ourselves. And then I think we can be in better relationship. We can be in better service. We can love more. We can laugh more. We can, we can also grieve more. We can hold, like we can just hold more of life. So yeah, to me, I hope at some point that chapter speaks to somebody when it's their time sooner than later. It will. So what's your interpretation of the soul? That's so interesting. I was just talking about that last night. Of course you are. I, I know. Thank it. you. <laughs> uh-huh. What is the soul to you? The most honest answer I can give you is, I don't know. I am so in that doorway, and I'm so interested, and to give an answer would be me just, like, word vomiting right now. Um mm. I'm so grateful to talk to you right now because I just feel like, oh, yeah, like that is the doorway that I'm swimming in and I want to go deeper and higher, like you said. And right. yeah, so I'm, I'm pausing in the, what is that? What is the soul? What do you think? <laughs> That's another show. Um, <laughs> I, Fair I enough. had a nice session last night on karma relationships. Um, I'll send you the link. It, it gives them mm. uh, an introduction of what the soul is. When you think about God, what's your interpretation? Paying attention to everything that's all around. Beautiful. Loving everything that's all around. What is fear to you? What is fear to me? Forgetting to pay attention. Good one. So share with us a vision of how you think we will come out of post-corona, which would be like your blessing for humanity. Yeah, my hope and my wish is that we all take care of ourselves so that way we can take care of each other and the planet that we live on and that we, we do the work that needs to get done for the sake of what we're weaving and looming together. And that we can do it, that, yeah, that we can do it. It really is only a one-degree shift away. Like, it doesn't have to be beyond our ability and beyond our dreams. Like, we really can head in that direction, and I think we are. And can we hold space for those that aren't showing up the way that we want them to, to keep doing our own work? Perfect. Where can our listeners learn more about your work and your new book, One Degree Revolution? Thank you. Leave us with a website. So my website is kobyk.com, which is just C-O-B-Y-K.com. And then all places that books are sold. Oh, beautiful. Well, good luck with the book and lots of love to your family. And feel free to keep me updated on all the good that's happening in your life. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. All the very best. You too. Take care. That was Kobe Kozlowski, and she's the author of One Degree Revolution, How the Wisdom of Yoga Inspires Small Shifts That Lead to Big Changes. Loved it. So answers are here. We just have to go into silence and think deeper to get the realizations that we need. I took away the whole fact that, you know, you do get these liberations. You get these moments of aha, 
and then all that you thought was true just becomes like, okay, that's old, I need something new. And we do evolve, but we have to listen to our own thoughts, what they're saying, look at our current environment, see if it matches our thoughts. If there's another thought based on your vision that's pulling you forward, pay attention to that. Pay attention. Feed it. Apply the qualifications and the skills that are needed. Because if you don't listen to it, you're going to feel stuck, you're going to feel backward, you're going to get angry with yourself. (laughs) Hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. And remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. Please remember to pause for your traffic control every hour and hour. Give peace to the planet. Give peace to your loved ones. Give peace to yourself. Hopefully you'll join me on my 6.30 to 7.30 daily on the Meditation Museum YouTube channel, I think. (laughs) I think that's what it's called. But keep in touch with us if you have any questions. And if you're ever in need to just talk to someone or have someone listen, don't hesitate. Send us an email. We're here for you. All right. Here is my friend, Sanatan Kaur. We need to get her on to put us through some nice jams. But this is one of my favorites. Ek Omkar. You be well, everyone. Please be safe. Please follow the experts. Please don't worry. Find something good to do. It'll pass. But you've got to build your inner world. Please. This is what this chance is giving us. Take care. Bye-bye.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.